0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Well, welcome to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. I'm honored to be with you tonight. And as you know, on this show here, we respect your intelligence. We honor you as citizens. We hear you and we're on your side. In emails, Facebook messages, tweets, and texts, thousands of you have reached out to us concerned about the integrity of the election. You've heard people talking about irregularities, press conferences have been held, accusations have been made, you've seen lawsuits filed, stories of observers being blocked from, well, observing, (laughs) stories of what appears to be unusually high voter turnout. This was Adam Laxalt, former Nevada Attorney General. In the last many days, we
2: have received reports of many irregularities across the valley. We we believe that there are dead voters that have been counted.
1: You've also heard it from the president. They're going forward. They don't want anybody in there. They don't want anybody watching them as they uh, count the ballots. And I can't imagine why. And you've heard it from the people inside the president's campaign team. So we're gonna be watching this nonsense because everyone knows what's going on. Everyone understands
3: it. And the media, who, let's not kid ourselves, have given up the pretense of objectivity to be
1: cheerleaders for the left. The publicly available information raises a lot of questions, and yet we are not getting answers just like you. Now, folks, a lot of questions have been raised. But instead of complaining or criticizing, our team is taking action. After a slew of comments and concerns were raised, Just the News, in partnership with Real America's Voice, has launched a project to independently review the returns from a select number of counties in the most contested swing states. The investigation is gonna include a review of the number of votes cast compared to the total eligible voters, We're going to look at alleged ballot harvesting. There's going to be a thorough look to ensure that proper certification processes were followed. And we're also going to do a county-by-county investigation to ensure that there was equal protection under the law for how ballots were counted. Now, joining us now to give us more information about this partnership, the mission of the project, and... What they've already found is founder and editor-in-chief at Just the News, John Solomon. John, thanks so much for joining us today. Good to be with you. Tell us about the mission of the project and what you guys have found thus far.
4: Listen, at the end of the day, it's about getting facts, getting the truth out. There's a lot of people in America that don't believe this election was held fairly. We need to find out. If it was, we should say so. If it isn't, we're going to expose the evidence. Over the last uh, 24 hours, we've assembled a team of over 30 journalists that are all over the country working, gathering ballots, gathering uh, election results analyzing data sets, and we already have some very early preliminary conclusions, some yes. news for you. Probably the first and most important news is we are aware of a whistleblower that is now working with the FBI in Michigan, a state worker uh, or city worker that uh, it says he was asked to backdate uh, ballots that had come in beyond the deadline to make them look like legitimate documents. Now. We don't know yet uh, whether the FBI has corroborated the story, but we can confirm that the FBI, the Justice Department, this whistleblower is working together. The Michigan GOP is aware of this person and referred the matter to the FBI. This is an ongoing investigation. It would be the first example of a systemic or systematic effort to uh, create fake ballots or illegal ballots. So if it gets corroborated, watch that case. That could be a big one. You heard Adam Laxalt in Nevada. There's another uh, set of whistleblowers there. They're looking at some of the information there. We've done a couple things. We went into the city of Milwaukee, yes. where uh, the vote changed the outcome of the Wisconsin operation. Yes. Uh, Trump was leading when we went to bed. Wisconsin, we woke up after the Milwaukee vote came in, he lost. We see 90 of the 480 precincts, nearly a, a quarter of them, where the vote voter turnout was more than 90%. Now, we think it's going to be a record in America at 67%. Yeah. When you see a 90% precinct, you start to wonder, did something go on? So we've identified those, we've written about them, we said where they are, we put the spreadsheet out for the public to see. Now our reporters are going on the streets in the city of Milwaukee, trying to interview people, saying, did you really vote? Your name's on here. Wait a second, you look to have, have died. Uh, your father looks to have died. Did he vote? We're checking uh, social security records. We have found some people that appear to have voted that were are dead. So we're beginning, we're in the very preliminary stages, but we're beginning to see patterns that might make the American public concern when we, when we get our data done.
1: Wow. And and at the end of the day, again, this is about ensuring the integrity of yeah, the election. That's right. This isn't partisan. Nope. Every American should agree that we need to find out whether or not this was an election that was conducted and counted with with integrity. 100%. And to come back on this Michigan story in particular, right. a reminder for all of our viewers, you have a deadline on election day and it sounds like there's a whistleblower who's saying that there were votes that came in after the deadline and they were asked to then backdate them to make them appear as if they were legal. Friends.
4: That is the allegation that's currently being investigated. Right. There's an individual working with uh, the Justice Department, with the FBI, is what we're told. We're told it's Michigan and most likely Detroit is what we're hearing. Yes. Uh, and, but you know, the FBI has to go in and, and check their credibility. Yeah, we have but to dig in. Getting an insider, a whistleblower, someone that was actually there as opposed to someone making a guess from 30 feet away standing. Right. Uh, could be a really significant development if there was fraud on the ground in Detroit like the Michigan Party Republican Party has been claiming
1: very good and then and then the case in Wisconsin again You and the investigators aren't saying that there is fraud, but we're just saying statistically this looks anomalous when you're seeing 67 percent across the country and you've got 90 plus percent. It's just worth digging into.
4: Absolutely. And listen, there's only two things that could have happened. There's a lot of great civic engagement in Milwaukee. And if that's true, God bless the voters of Milwaukee for being so engaged. If we begin to find examples of people who didn't belong there. That or who died or say they didn't vote, then we're gonna be able to expose that and tell the American people, hey, there's some weird weirdness in these counts in Milwaukee, we gotta take a look at it.
1: Awesome, and we've got, as you mentioned, 30 investigative reporters who are now working together as a team going six in different states in six different states and all they're doing is looking at the facts yep. they're looking at publicly available data yep. they're talking with poll workers they're talking with potential viewers and then they're going to bring those facts to the american people that's right
4: exactly right. what we're doing we're also talking to a lot of election clerks mm. um uh, we're doing a survey in pennsylvania this is a very interesting issue yes the law as you've so articulately said on your show before requires that all voters be treated the same in a state yes you can't have detroit voters be able to fix their ballots and <laughs> uh in uh, Arbor voters not being able to fix right. them. So we are talking to some uh, election clerks who say, we were told that there's some advice that was given to us on the 21st of uh, October that we could fix ballots or send them back to be fixed. We didn't get it. We didn't do it. But Detroit did. And so we're beginning to look at that. Uh, Pennsylvania, similar thing. Uh, we're beginning to see that. And if if we find a pattern where voters in parts of the state didn't get treated the same as others, that could become a legal matter in the future. We're doing that survey. Right now, Pennsylvania, I think we're through half the clerks.
1: Wow. I mean, this is really important because, again, for our viewers, basic fundamental principle of the Constitution, equal protection under the law. That means that your vote, whether you're in an urban area, a rural area, a conservative county, a liberal county, they all need to be counted equally. But... If county clerks or election officials in one county are treating ballots differently than another, that would violate the Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's, what, that's we're what we're looking into. At. And again, we're not saying that it has happened, but we're saying that we need to dig in to that's find right. out whether or not it no. has. We do have affidavits
4: yes. from three election clerks in Pennsylvania who said, listen, we did not give the same uh, thing to our lawyers, our, uh, our constituents because we either didn't know about it or we thought the advice was illegal. So we're already beginning to see a pattern, at least in Pennsylvania, where voters were treated differently depending on where they live. Now, we got three or four. We're doing a survey of all 70. We'll find out, we'll get those results back to Eric.
1: Awesome, and your team is gonna be digging into this all th- all through the weekend and through all and through next, next, next
4: week. week. Yeah, it's gonna take a few weeks to get to the bottom of this. We're using the Freedom of Information Act, too, to get all communications between poll workers and Election Central in their cities. We'll see what those uh, communications show, too.
1: Yeah, because again, those folks, whether they're elected officials or people who are in charge, they should have been giving the same instructions That's to right. everybody across every State. Yeah. Well, John, we really appreciate you and My the pleasure. whole Just the News team digging into this. Yeah, it's a fantastic girl. partnership with Real America's Voice. And, folks, again, that's why we are bringing you these stories right here on Actionable Intelligence. Go out for the latest over the weekend, go out to justthenews.com. And as we've said, here on this program before. The beautiful thing is that at justthenews.com, you're going to be able to not only read these stories, but all of the journalists also put in a dig deeper section. You can go in and you can read the raw documents yourself and come up with your own conclusions. It's really important that we have election integrity. We hear you and we're working with you. God bless you. We'll be right back in a minute.
5: Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
1: Welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. Well, you just heard from Justin news editor-in-chief, John Solomon, about our new campaign to shine a light on and investigate possible voting irregularities. We've got 30 reporters working on this around the country. And when you see videos like this coming from a ballot counting location in Michigan, a lot of people are asking why would the windows be blocked so that citizens can't see people counting votes? Well, you just heard from John Solomon about what he's learned in Michigan. My next guest has been covering the election in his home state of Michigan and around the country. I'd like to welcome in Kyle Olson. He's a reporter for Breitbart and also host of The Kyle Olson Show, which airs in Michigan. Kyle, thank you for joining us.
6: Thanks for having me.
1: You bet. Hey, you recently published an article that's picked up quite a bit of steam and it seemed to really resonate uh, with your readers. And in there, you break down several videos posted on social media that apparently shows some people attempting to restrict others from viewing the process of counting ballots, which, as all of our viewers know, should be a public open process. What can you tell us about this, Kyle?
6: Right, well, what I've heard from people who were in the room is basically they were making it very difficult for Republicans to observe the vote counting. Mm. So there were all these videos, and you just played one, where they, the uh, workers there were literally trying to you know, block the view of people trying to just simply watch what was going on. You had this video of um, individuals, workers from Detroit, holding up pizza boxes in front of the windows. You had them holding up those very large pieces of white cardboard, trying to restrict the view. And you sit back and you say, well, why would they do that? And um, one of the, they couldn't really explain it. They came out later and they said, well, we're restricting the view of the individuals outside because there's private voter data being viewed, and we don't want them to view that. We don't want them to take pictures, etc. Well, if you look at the just sort of the basic geography of that room, those people are 100 hundred feet away, 50 right. feet away from the vote counting. There is no way to watch the ballots, see names, etc. So, um, what was happening in Detroit, I think, was absolutely unconscionable. And it raises a lot of red flags and makes people wonder what exactly was going on at the TCF Center in Detroit.
1: Yeah, and Kyle, to, to this point, no one has come out to provide a different or other explanation for why they were blocking the windows. Is that right?
6: Well, they said they th- there was there was personal uh, voter data, and yeah. they didn't want to. Uh, th- and then the other thing that they said was because there were a number of people who were in that lobby trying to get into the room so they could watch. They said, well, because of the coronavirus restrictions, this room is now over capacity, and you all have to leave. And so they they that those were the sorts of things that the Detroit officials were uh, throwing out. Now I've talked to a number of people, as I said. They actually applied, because if you look at Michigan law, mm-hmm. it says that there is supposed to be a Republican observer and a Democrat observer. And they're actually paid by the city in order to do this. talk to someone who was recruiting people to fill those Republican slots, they were all rejected by the city. There were not enough Republican observers in that room to really be able to see what was going on. That's a violation of Michigan law the sort of thing that will be playing out uh, in lawsuits and in the court figure out, was this a valid count? And what should happen going forward?
1: Great. And, and now, Kyle, let me just kind of switch gears uh, to another, another battleground state. You've also published a story that you're following out of the state of Georgia, where the vote is incredibly close. And it sounds like you were actually part of a, of a training that happened on Wednesday, where you heard Democrats saying, we're still voting. Uh, help, help explain that to, to our, sure. our viewers. Sure, um,
6: so the, excuse me, so the Democratic Party in Georgia, the, the Democratic Party in Georgia um, held a, a Zoom training, a virtual training that I signed up for, mm-hmm. and used my real name, I used my Breitbart email address. And what they were doing is they have this practice called vote curing, ballot curing. If you have an individual who they submitted an absentee ballot and the signature doesn't match, um, or and their ballot is thrown out or it's set aside, um, or you have an individual who shows up in person and they don't have their ID, they're able to cast a ballot but it's set aside, go on a list. After election day, um, they are able to cure their ballot, which basically means fix their ballot. And uh, so then, what the, now what the Democratic Party is doing is they're going out and chasing after those ballots. They said that there were 5,000. Uh, they were chasing on Wednesday. There were going to be more on Thursday and Friday. It, it ends today. Um, but they're, they're chasing literally thousands of ballots from Georgia. I think that could be why we're seeing Joe Biden's numbers change, because the Demo- Democratic Party is out chasing these ballots. It, from what I can tell, it's 100% legal. Um, does it smell right? I don't think so. I attempted to get a quote from, to get a comment from the Georgia Republican Party, the Trump campaign, from the RNC, and basically to figure out if they were doing the same thing, and I couldn't get an answer back.
1: Wow. So, again, for, for our viewers at home, Tuesday night, election night ends. But it sounds like, again, perhaps for, from what you're explaining, completely legally— They're going out and they're targeting voters, but in this case not all voters, just Democratic voters, to make sure that they're getting their ballots counted. And as they said, uh, and you quote in your in your story, they said on Wednesday, we're still voting.
6: Exactly right. And that's that is the quote that that, that's the money quote. Mm -hmm. Is um they literally said, We're still voting. So this idea that the election ends Georgia on Tuesday clearly is not the case because what they said is when you're going door-to-door um, because they're they're this is uh, public information and they're able to get these addresses so then the Democratic activists are going door-to- door trying to get these ballots back Said ask them if they voted for a Democrat and if they said no I voted for Trump or I voted for Purdue or, or a Republican just give them your literature and say thank you very much and leave Don't help them cure their ballot. They are only focusing on curing ballots for Democrats. Obviously, those are the the only votes that they care about.
1: Sure. Well, Kyle, I know that you're going to be talking uh, this weekend with your audience up in Michigan on the Kyle Olson show. Uh, From your perspective, what are the biggest stories that the mainstream media is either ignoring, suppressing, or misrepresenting in the election right now?
6: I'm going to be talking to a number of individuals who were in the room, um, in the TCF Center in Detroit, observing or at least attempting to observe the vote counting. I've got stories of uh, people, women primarily, being harassed by Democratic observers. There were observers from the ACLU, W. Who were just, you know, trying to make people's lives very difficult. They were. Uh, one woman said that they were blo- literally blocking her view, so she couldn't see the ballots. Wow. And it was just a very chaotic situation. Um, and and one of the things that I think viewers need to understand is they say, well, let's just do a recount. Problem is, there are so many uh, precincts in the city of Detroit that their numbers don't match. And so mm. if you have a precinct where the numbers don't match, according to state law you can't recount that. There literally is an incentive in the Michigan state law to make sure your numbers don't match in a place like Detroit, because then it can't be recounted.
1: And Kyle, help to, help to explain that to, to our viewers who are listening uh, from around the country, this, this particular piece of Michigan uh, election law. Again, just in the, in the 30 seconds that we have left here, because it is, it's a really important insight.
6: Basically, what happens is all of the ballots, you take the TCF Center in Detroit, for example, all of the ballots, absentee ballots, go there to be counted. Once they're fed through the machine, there is no going back. You cannot check IDs. You can't check to make sure that's a legal ballot. It goes through the machine. That's it. Then they, they're basically stacked up and they're counted. There's a, there's a number that's put on them. number of ballots that are in that stack doesn't match. The number of ballots that they counted, um, you can't recount those. Wow. So it's game over.
1: Well, wow. well, Kyle, we very much appreciate you joining us here on Actionable Intelligence. Appreciate you continuing to, to follow these stories and coming back to to update our audience. Well, folks, our team at at Just the News has this election covered from coast to coast. And when we come back, we'll be joining more members of our team with more insight. Welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. And as you know, our commitment here is to bring you the facts. And for days now, our team here at Just the News and Real America's Voice have been working to bring you the key stories that are too often ignored by the mainstream media. And joining us right now is Daniel Payne. He's a Just the News reporter who's got out a couple of key stories. Daniel, thanks for joining us, man.
0: Eric, thanks for having me here. Good to be here.
1: Yeah, you bet. Hey, 1st you've got a story out you, you just broke about what's happening in Michigan. There's a particular Michigan county that just flipped back to President Trump. What happened there? Yeah, so that was
0: Antrim County, Michigan. That was in the northern part of the state. Um, after the election, a lot of uh, observers were surprised to see that it actually flipped blue this year, mm. uh, which was extraordinarily rare for this county. It's a pretty reliably red county. And uh, upon examination, it turned out some election software uh, that was used by the county to tabulate votes had actually routed a fair number of votes to Biden and put him in the lead. Um, And when folks started looking into this and found out, you know, that uh, there was a serious error there, uh, the county went through and actually hand counted all the votes. And that put Donald Trump in the lead in that county at the end. So uh, he went from being uh, down to about 3000 votes to up 2500 votes in the end after the recount.
1: Wow. That is a significant change. I mean, in a state as close as Michigan, that county alone could have a substantial difference in the ultimate outcome. How widespread is this particular software problem?
0: Well, you know, there's uh, a number of GOP folks in the state, and some reporters have said that uh, dozens of counties in the state use that software. Now, it's a company called Election ElectionSource. Uh, they did not respond to our queries uh, about this story, mm. but it looks like there are uh, a great many counties that have utilized this software. And what's not clear, of course, at this time is uh, how many
1: uh, counties may have seen similar errors to that which was observed in Antrim and have those have those other counties that use this software? have they acknowledged that there's a problem any any commitment right now to recounting votes in other counties that are using that same problematic software?
0: Oh, you know, we haven't seen any yet, and really it's it's hard to track down which counties use it. I mean of mm. course, there's a lot of counties in Michigan right uh, the software company itself does not list uh, all of its clients on its website so uh, what now I think what local reporters in Michigan and what we're trying to do as well is is track down. Uh, just who is utilizing this software uh, and observe the votes in, in those counties and see if there's any kind of shocking uh, discrepancies similar to that, which cool. was observed in Antrim.
1: Well, Daniel, thanks for that. I want to, if, if we can, you know, shift uh, gears now to another battleground state that you've been covering, and that is Wisconsin. You've got a story out at JustTheNews.com about the sky-high voter turnout in Wisconsin. Tell, tell our viewers a little bit more about what's happening there. Yeah,
3: so
0: specifically, there's several wards in um, uh, Milwaukee. It's actually more than several. It's several dozen wards mm. uh, where voter participation uh, uh, skyrockets to uh, 80 or 90 percent, in some cases, 95 percent this year. Wow. Uh, now, what's interesting is that was actually observed in 2016 as well. Uh, historically, uh, or at least for the past few elections, these wards have had uh, incredibly high turnout compared to the national average, which hovers around 55 to 60 percent over the last 15 or 20 years. Uh, So what's not clear here is 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 how exactly these uh, wards are are getting such high turnout. Uh, One professor we spoke to, Professor of Political Science, said that, uh, you know, they're affluent uh, wards. There's, uh, you know, highly engaged, highly educated people there. And uh, those are all signs that you're likely to see more uh, higher than average voter turnout. But uh, you know, 90, 95 percent, that, that jumps out at you. That's a huge
1: number. Yeah, that is. That's a, re- that's a really big number compared to the national average and compared even to a lot of other places uh, in, in Wisconsin. Well, Daniel, you've been doing a lot of work in these battleground states, in Michigan, in Wisconsin. From your perspective, what is the biggest story that the mainstream media is either ignoring, missing, or downplaying right now that you think our, our viewers need to be aware of? Eric, I'd say that story. One thing that's become very clear over the past several days since Tuesday
0: is that, um, you know, as you know, this election uh, was very heavy on mail-in ballots. Record numbers of Americans uh, voted uh, by mail this year due to concerns about COVID-19. Uh, now, what we've seen, what we know from historical data is that mail-in ballots are usually rejected uh, uh, about 1% of the time. It's fairly low, but it's very consistent uh, due to uh, you know, miswritten ballots, uh, mismatched signatures, uh, they fill the format wrong somehow. It's usually about 1%. Uh, in a lot of cases this year, we are seeing much, much lower rejection rates.
5: Um,
0: uh, as the case is in Pennsylvania, it's about uh, uh, 0.03% rejection rate is uh, is what it looks like now from the available data. Uh, so, so that is a, a very interesting figure when you consider that the 1% rejection rate uh, is pretty consistent over time across elections and jurisdictions. To see that, that so many ballots that might have otherwise gone rejected this year got sent through uh, is something that's definitely worth looking at.
1: Awesome. And, and Daniel, we'll, we'll appreciate your, your perspective on that. And can you give our, our viewers a sense for the other big stories that you're working on right now and the things that you anticipate might be happening over the coming weekend where they should be checking in to, uh, to justthenews.com?
0: You know what? We've really been looking at uh, a lot of reports of voter irregularities around Mm -hmm. the country. Um, Obviously, right now, there's there's no clear evidence that uh, that any sort of uh, funny business or malfeasance of any kind had a major effect on this election. But there are growing reports uh, from reporters, from folks on the ground, from poll observers that uh, that there's uh, been some interesting uh, uh, names on the voter rolls, potentially um, uh, dead folks uh, having been registered to vote. It's not clear how many of them may have voted yet, uh, but, but right now we're, we're just kind of trying to take in uh, all of these strange reports Excellent. and uh, see which ones hold up and which ones are worth looking at. Awesome.
1: Well, folks, that's Daniel Payne. He's part of the team here at JustTheNews.com. Earlier today, you heard from John Solomon, founder and editor-in-chief. It's a great team here at JustTheNews.com and Real America's Voice, and we're going to continue to bring you the most important stories. Stick with us. We'll be back in a second. Welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. We're joined now by a household name in all 50 states, Mike Lindell, better known as the CEO of MyPillow. What you might not know about Mike is that he has a truly incredible story, one of overcoming adversity and drug abuse. He was featured in a documentary and is the author of What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO. He's been campaigning hard for the president, and he's often rumored as a potential candidate for political office himself. He joins us now. Hey, Mike, it's great to see you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mike, first of all, tell, tell our, our viewers what you've been doing with the president. You've been out campaigning really hard for him and where you see the election as, as we stand right now.
3: Well, yeah, right up to election day, I was out. I did, a, I don't know how many rallies where I spoke at the rallies um, as one of the speakers. And I did rallies from Georgia to Iowa, Wisconsin. I even did my own one in Wisconsin. There were three, 4,000 people there. and But I really had this confidence because I'd never seen anything like it, talking to people on the ground. My home state of Minnesota, where I was the the um the honorary cha- um chairman of the of the Trump campaign. and i I didn't take it to just be an honorary. I went out and I got engaged. and every day I would just totally consumed me for months. And then, you know, went out to d c or to I just came back to Minnesota now today. I've been there all week in in d c at the we were at the watch party. and and you know, here y'all, you you're ready. It's about two three in the morning, and everything's going. the The odds makers had the president three to one favorite, and all of a sudden, fox does their thing and shuts down says uh, arizona is to Biden. we're going what and then all of a sudden everybody quits counting and then it was here the big plan gets put in of this corruption and i've never seen anything like it of of all you know it's across every i've never seen so many people collaborate you know get together for cheating and to steal an election and it's just it it blows my mind of that but you know what it's probably good that it's all going to be exposed now so that we um so that we could uh, that we have fair elections going forward from now on
1: well mike you know one of the things that we're doing right here at justthenews.com and real americas voices we've got a team of 30 journalists who are out in the field now in battleground states tracking down the facts about all of these election irregularities because just like you i believe we believe we have to maintain the integrity of our elections now if you can't sw- switch gears with me for a minute, we talk about elections, right? Everybody's focused on on the presidential election. You mentioned a lot of people might not know your home state is the state of Minnesota. You have a gubernatorial election coming up, and a lot of people have been asking if Mike Lindell might actually be a candidate. What are, What are your latest thoughts?
3: Well, you know, you know, when you go when we talk about my story in a little bit where I come from, a, this. Yes. Uh, this past of addiction and stuff. And I'm going, when I woke up, or came out of this uh, January 16, 2009, I go, what did I miss? All of a sudden, I'm looking around. My friends are unemployed. Minnesota had changed where, you know, you had this uh, Elon Omar and all this stuff, all these uh, Somalians come into our community where they don't like us. They're straight out. They don't like uh, United States. They don't like Israel. We see terrible, I see terrible decisions being made by our governor and mayor, some of the worst decision ever made in political history that manifested into our cities getting ruined all across America. And I told people before this election, I said, you know what? I believe I can fix these and help, and help Minnesota. And I said, if, if Minnesota, if, we were, if, if I could really make a difference, if Minnesota turned red and the president wins, I would run for governor. And so, but the way I'm sitting it now, obviously we're in this big turmoil right now. Uh, the media has been calling me, well, are you, you said you tell us the election's not over. We're not, you know, we have, this is just the beginning of this corruption fight. And I, in my home state, which I cannot believe, where we were, you know, favored to, to win by the last poll. And then all of a sudden you come in down five, it just, and all these bad things. But for me, there's a couple things that come into play. Because of my national platform, um, I if you announce you're running for governor I'm they're finding out the lawyers are finding out you know for my ads that I have on TV and mm-hmm. you have to I have to define because I don't need to announce early because I already have the name notoriety. You know it's not like other governors that have that are running where they have to announce way early and get their name out there yeah. i can wait and i just want all the pieces in play i want to know if i could really make a difference i don't want to become governor and have to fight for everything i do that that's going to help you know um and making common sense solutions like our great president does problem solution and what it's going to manifest too but yeah. i'm not going to leave yeah. minnesota i'm not going to leave us stranded here where we're uh You know, or the, or if you know, we're in the fight of our lives right now with this corruption across the country for fair elections. So, but I'm, you know, if I do, if I didn't run or did run, I'm still going to be here in Minnesota because I'm not giving up on our state. It's went down a very bad path, and I look right across to my, uh, to the. To the west and i see the great governor of south dakota who made great decisions mm. during this pandemic of she looked at the constitution said how do i keep my every the constitution keep this within legal things and yet i'll show all my medical advisors she did that she deemed all businesses essential guess what the number one economy is in the country south dakota she's got a hundred fifty percent increase in tourism during a pandemic she's a genius she did it common sense and she figured it all out
1: good now Mike one of the things that that uh, is really important to you I know you talk about it a little bit in your book is making sure that the American dream is open and available to every American you talk about your own story uh, and I believe as you as you phrased it from drug addict to CEO tell folks just in the Thirty to forty seconds that we've got left here. A little bit about your own personal story, and you want what you want them to learn from that about America.
3: Yeah. Well, right now people don't look to God and stuff. We've took, God, a nation has turned its back on God, and we and we have this whole generation where you didn't have God for your foundation. You read my book, and you have a story. You know, I was a crack cocaine addict, you know, you mm. know, and an addict in all sense of the word. Well. You know, this is a story in my book, not just of uh, entrepreneurship or or getting out of drugs or redemption. It can help anyone because who's looking for hope? We're all looking for hope right now. And this is a story of hope, the American dream. Where else can a crack addict at one time? All of a sudden, I'm sitting at the White House with the President of the United States at this roundtable event. And all my friends are looking on TV going, what is this crack addict doing next to the president? <laughs> Jesus is real because there's no way this can happen without God and without the great United States of America where the American dream is alive and well. And this is what we're
1: fighting for right now. Well, absolutely. Well, we certainly want to keep the American dream alive and well for, for everyone. Uh, folks, that's Mike Lindell, CEO of My Pillow, potential candidate for office from the state of Minnesota. And when we come back... We're gonna be joined by our friend from America's Voice Live, Tudor Dixon. She's right in Michigan and she's gonna bring us the latest from there. We'll be back in just a second.
2: Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens, and with a week's worth of election news behind us, our team here at Real America's Voice has been bringing you wall-to-wall coverage. And I want now to welcome in a member of our Real America's Voice team. A lot of you remember Tudor Dixon was with you hosting election night coverage here from Washington, D.C. And then she left D.C. and she went straight back to the battleground of Michigan. Tudor, hope you had a safe trip back. But now that you're back home in Michigan, tell us what are people there saying about the election?
5: Well, it's interesting. A lot of people are coming to Michigan because, as you know, there was quite a bit of drama in Detroit. So we had a bunch of folks come here over the past few days. Today, the Away campaign was in Detroit at the TCF Center. They had Brandon Strock, They had Mikey Harlow, Shamika, Michelle. They were all outside of their protesting. That was for the hashtag Stop the Steal. I don't know if you've heard about Stop the Steal, but this is something that's happening across the country in these battleground states. So we had folks here in Detroit, they'll be back in Lansing tomorrow. They're going to the capitals of all of these battleground states. So Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania. But a lot of people are very concerned about what happened in Michigan because we really don't know what's happening behind the scenes with these ballots.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that we showed earlier was video footage from Detroit where you had people literally blocking the windows so that people couldn't actually see in to watch the process of ballots being counted. I mean, how do people in Michigan feel about that?
5: Well, we're getting the excuse that they didn't want you to be able to see private information through the window, hundreds of feet away. What they feel is that there's some cheating going on. Uh, Obviously, I'm here. I'm on the conservative side of Michigan now. It's very odd when you look at the fact that our congressman, who's never won by over 20 points, won by over 20 points. The congressman down south from here, he also had a huge win, generally wins by a one or two point margin. So we had huge outcomes for Republicans in our state and the president lost. A lot of people don't think that makes sense. Yeah, and and
1: tell us, Tudor, uh, when you're talking with folks there in Michigan, and you obviously on, on America's Voice Live, you've got people calling in. Uh, from around the country, as you know, here we've got this partnership now with Real America's Voice and JustTheNews.com. We've got 30 journalists who are out around the country digging into these election irregularities. And nobody's saying that fraud has happened. We're just saying that when these irregular things pop, pop up, they should be investigated. And I would think that that's something that everyone could get behind. Conservatives, liberals, Democrats, Republicans, that everybody would wanna make sure that we get out all of the facts.
5: Well, maybe not if you're on the side that potentially is committing some sort of fraud, but like you Mm. said, we don't have evidence of that at this point. We're still in the early stages, but that's why there are so many attorneys working on this. We had Phil Klein on this afternoon and he made a very good point sit back, relax. This is the legal process. There is a certain legal amount of time to research these these elections and make sure they were done right. Go through the entire legal process with the attorneys. And if it comes out that there was no fraud, that's what will come out. If the other comes out, then we'll know there's a different outcome for this election. There's nothing that the American people can do in the meantime. I know a lot of people wanna get out and show their support for the president. And if they do that, I, I give them credit for being able to do that. This is a free country. We have freedom of speech, but really as citizens, there's nothing we can do right now. There's a legal process working.
1: Sure, well Tudor, in the 20 seconds we've got, got left, remind everybody where they can see you, Steve, and the America's Voice Live team.
5: Yep, every day right here at one to three on America's Voice Live, check us out. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. Make sure you go to Real America's Voice.
1: Yeah, folks, and I can tell you from having been on the program, it's a great program. They have lots of great guests. It's a fantastic team. Make sure that you check them out. Tudor, thank you so much for joining us. And folks again the america's voice live team the justinnews.com the team we've got folks all over the country we're going to keep an eye on dig into the truth regarding all of these potential election irregularities and we'll be back with you in just a minute
2: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you
1: Welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. And before we go, let's take a quick look at one of the stories making headlines today at JustTheNews.com. Just the News reporter Joe Weber is reporting that the Secretary of State in Georgia has started the process for a recount of the vote. It's going to be really important. For more details, head on over to JustTheNews.com and check out Weber's article. Folks, at this point, after days of election coverage, it's possible you could feel like you've got a two-ton whale on your back. (gasps) Julie McSorley and her friend Liz Cottrell were whale-watching in California on Monday afternoon when fellow watchers captured that incident on video. Video footage shows the pair sitting in the kayak watching the whales below the surface when one of the mammals, as you saw, breaches the water, scooping up the boat and the two friends two whale watchers were lifted into the air and the jaws of the whale before tumbling into the sea. Thankfully, both women made it out of the ordeal unharmed and with an awesome story. I mean, what a great story. Holy Jonah. Well, that's it for actionable intelligence. Have a great weekend.